Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bloody Good Horror. It's almost October, and uh, we're gathered here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, to review Ty West's Pearl. What a little scamp this Ty West is. Just <laughs> I had written him off all those years ago, and he's just burrowed his way into my cold, dead heart, John. So, uh, Pearl, of course, is the... <laughs> Pearl, of course, is the. I presume that was, that's his main reason for making movies, yeah, was, just to win yeah. me back. Yeah, um, Pearl, of course, is the um, prequel to this year's X, uh, both theatrical horror films. We went to a theater, so don't say we never do anything for you. Um, <laughs> joining me tonight, first up from California, Cal- sorry, California. Please welcome Rachel. To the Spoken show. like a true native. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Next up on the show from Manhattan, New York City. Please welcome John. Hello, Eric. And last up tonight from Indiana. Please welcome Casey. Hello. Casey went to his We've office all three today. Covered. This, this week. Oh, that's yeah. right. Casey went to his office today for the first time since March of 2020. Yeah, it's pretty a uh, big deal. <laughs> Wait, it was that was your, your first time since. Yeah, you missed. Yeah. Holy Except God. for the one day afternoon, I went in and cleaned out my desk and like somewhere in between 2020 and 2021. I went. We trying to we so like we went remote in that March and then June or July. Somebody retired. And we all met outside and stood six feet away from each other. <laughs> to like, but that was the first time we'd seen each other in like four or five months. And I remember it being real weird, like super weird. Like, how do you talk to people? I don't, I don't know how to do this. Um, love it. John, you know, uh, random aside here that this doorway behind you, I find weirdly visually pleasing. And I just want you to know that, that uh, it's like, it's not ro- a door. It's like it's, rounded, just, but it's like, like an arch. It's an arch. It's just a I find decorative it, arch. It's a feature. I find it pleasantly. It looks like kind of like rounded. 70s retro futuristic when you're leaning this yeah. way and we yeah. can see this edge. Yeah. Like yeah. if the, if it had doors that open like this, it's Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the right angle, mm-hmm. it's got a Tatooine vibe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's uh, it's a lot less interesting than y'all are making it sound. But it's, you know. Hey, we're, you're we're not yuck sir. Everywhere you are, <laughs> there's just some fancy, you know feature behind you i like it yeah. it's very on brand all right everyone let's do it let's take a quick break and review pearl this is it Jennifer. big break in tv from the front time welcome to prime time john mm-hmm I feel like it, we're on overtime. Is it uh is it <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad. <laughs> uh, that's all right. We had a pretty rollicking good um pre-show conversation yeah. in which you can uh if you were right, a BGH... now I also have FOMO. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> if you were a BGH patron. You insult my mother next. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> you can get all that pre-show action at patreon.com slash bloody good horror but we are here now john we've gathered here this evening i say that now twice uh to talk about pearl so before we do that please bring us the word of the day 
Eric, today's word. Lascivious. Mm-hmm. Lascivious, that's L-A-S-C-I-V-I-O-U-S. That's a good one. It's an adjective. Of a person, manner, or gesture, feeling or revealing an overt and often offensive sexual desire. I, take... I would argue that no sexual desire can be offensive, but... Uh, uh, no. I mean, I wouldn't say no, but I take offense right, at... Right. I take offense at lasciviousness just on its face being considered offensive. But I, I... Well, I think, I guess it has to be offensive to be lascivious. Interesting. Maybe, I don't know. So, for the proper usage folks is out there, a, is a, uh, it comes is to a, us from the Latin. Is this a Christian dictionary you're referencing this evening? Uh, no, no, no. This is, uh, you know, Google. What is it? You just what does it, what does it say about, what does it say about dinosaurs in there? Can you just check for me? <laughs> Uh, so it comes to us from the Latin, lasciv- la- it's basically lascivious, but with a U.S. at the end instead of an I-O-U-S. Mm-hmm. Um, lustful, wanton. I like wanton. That could have been another part of the day. Wanton. Uh, but yeah, lascivious. Love it. Why don't you tell me about uh, Pearl? Sure. Pearl. Is Rachel frozen, by the way? She's or back. just she looking just came quizzical? Back. Um, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Get <laughs> <laughs> nervous. Um, Pearl, as Eric said, be, uh, directed by Ty West, written by Ty West and Mia Goth. At least when I on the in the credits, maybe you guys noticed this. Like I they did. were both credited equally as writers. I did see that. Yeah. On IMDb, it says based on characters created by Ty West with Mia Goth as oh, the writer, which like. Uh, maybe I'm just overreading the uh, IMDb page here. Um, this is the prequel to 2022's X, uh, as Eric mentioned. It tells the story of the titular Pearl, who was in X. I mean, she was also Pearl in X. Um, she was the the older woman uh, who lives on the farm. Her husband Howard. Um, Pearl, the, so this film set in 1918. Pearl is living on the farm with her mother and father. Her father has been debilitated by the Spanish flu, which is definitely like present in the film. There's a lot of boy. That's a real weird. Yeah, that that whole thread was a real weird like parallel. Yeah, modern, yeah, I mean, modern. sitting in the theater in my mask, looking at her in the theater, oh, in like a mask in the theater. Wow. <laughs> Did you have to? Did you have to wear the mask, or was it a personal choice before I? You know, oh, it was a personal choice. Although, like, they do encourage you to wear masks. I don't think they would have kicked me out, or, but, but yeah, it was it was a little like too much art imitating life. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it definitely. I mean, it's their it's masks. <laughs> their masks looked comfier than the ones we have. I feel like, although maybe less effective. Well, we've all moved away from those cloth masks. Like, no, we, I have The mask that she was wearing. The Pearl character when she like that was like an early COVID mask. I, I have like an old dirty cloth mask I keep in my car when I have to go to a doctor, and that's kind of about yeah. it these days. <laughs> Very safe. Very safe. Um, <laughs> that's definitely they just know. improve with you. So you're seasoning <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. It's like a cast iron. <laughs> um, but so she's living at home. It's 1918. Spanish flu is a raging. Um, the mom is German, 
Yeah. I, I mean, she's speaking to her in German, presumably. Well, and I guess there is some conversation around like she's upset about the war because lots of Germans are dying, so on and so forth. Um, yeah. Because this is like t- sort of toward the tail end of World War One. Um, her Howard, who is that she and uh, Pearl and Howard are married in the film, but he's gone. He's off fighting the war. Um, so she's been left alone to basically like run this farm with her mom because her father is, is fully, when I say debilitated, like he's a, not just paraplegic, like he can't, he doesn't move at all. Like he can't speak. They have to like feed him, bathe him, you know, clean up his bathroom usage, which thank God. I was like waiting for a Ty West to just like uncork a scene where it's like, you know, (laughs) too much of that. Well, they definitely (laughs) mentioned it enough. (laughs) Oh, for sure. There's some awkward daughter, father, bathroom bathing uh, sequences. Um, But yeah, I mean, so it's, it's basically trying to, this is a, a character, character portrait of Pearl. How did she get so crazy, bloodthirsty? Like, I I mean, it's funny because it's been so long since I've seen X. I kind of want to go watch it again because I do feel like it, they're, the films are speaking to each other for sure in ways oh, yeah. that I'm probably not fully appreciating. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen them both, and like I remember Pearl, but it's I don't know. Like, I've, I've I watched X like a week or two ago, and I've seen it a few times since it came out. But I, I guess in X, like Pearl is not. I don't think of her as like the main character. She she certainly has lines. She no, she really in the in the end, she really is. Mm-hmm. Like as far sure. as the villains, Fair. like you. Th- it's a kind of a rope dope. Like you think the husband's well, yeah. the creepy one and then and, she oh, sort sure. of is revealed to be. And then it's really about, well, and, but so this film is basically trying to tell the story of like how she became or, or at least fill in some of the like backstory of like why she is the way she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it really kind of paints a really heavy picture when you think about it as a whole between what we've seen of Pearl before that. And like, this movie, we can get into it later. Just like her wanting to get out and whatnot, really put like an emotional gut punch into this. <laughs> I'm very curious, Eric, since you've seen it more recently, how much of what we saw in Pearl, or sorry, in X, has been impacted by what an unreliable narrator Pearl proves to be in this. Like, how much of that was our interpretation? Totally. Of- well, because she she says to me a goth at one point in. X. I'm trying to remember exactly how she words it. She sort of implies that she was like gonna be a famous dancer. And Mm, so like in a way that now when you see this, it's like so warped and sad. Like when you look at how she was interpreting like what happened, which she does just in the movie, like within the context of the movie. But um, Casey. Yeah, I kind of love this to be honest with you i was pretty wrapped up into x and i didn't know what i wanted from a prequel to that for pearl but i was pretty excited and i'm pretty happy with what we got um i think it definitely paints a deeper picture than what i was expecting from what we saw in x they went kind of a different angle with how much they laid into this character study and whatnot and i thought it was really impressive and mia goth was freaking amazing in this movie she that girl is poor, uh, so unhinged, and I hope she's okay in real life. <laughs> to be honest, uh, I mean, yeah. she's with Shia LaBeouf, so yeah, I know. <laughs> but I mean, and we Which can talk cool. about it. I'm here for that. <laughs> we can talk about it later, but 
she has like a seven to eight minute monologue towards the end of this movie. And I got to like the six minute mark. And at first I was like, how long are we going to focus on her talking? And it's like, oh, crap, we've been listening for a while. (laughs) And then you're like, "Okay, I'm going to keep going because it was just mesmerizing. I was just impressed with everything that went out, went into that. I don't know if I caught all the deeper meanings to it and whatnot, but this was I didn't know how we were going to get to what happened to Pearl in the past to in the future and giving it. They also gave it kind of a real world spin. It there was definitely talk of mental illness here that they weren't aware of in 1918, and that made it more interesting too. Rachel, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm going to jump on the fangirl bandwagon with this. I think um, I had to like sit with it for a while. I was kind of rattled by it, and those ultimately tend to be the movies that I really love or the ones that challenge me, like X went down easy it was such a just like kind of a joy as a horror film whereas this one is much more challenging and i think that one also was a safer choice you know like to set a film in the 70s you know to homage texas chainsaw massacre with a slasher feels natural like a natural fit for obvious reasons whereas this one is such a wild swing that it takes the era of like kind of golden era hollywood and turns it into a psychological horror by using sort of the pa- that pastiche and using um that artifice as sort of like a metaphor for her uh is is absolutely fascinating and i think it hinges on a performance from mia goth um, because there's very little plot to this film. You know, the plot is the unraveling of the mystery of her psyche, as opposed to like actual plot beats. There's like three things that happens in this movie. But because you are so compelled to investigate the depths of her of her psyche, it feels like you're getting a full, like really deep story here. I don't know. I really liked it. There is a lot to unpack in this movie. Um, yeah. Um, I, I liked it. John. Yeah. I mean, I also liked it a lot. I think I said over email that I think this might be the better film between this and X, but, it, and sort of just to reiterate what Rachel said, like to a certain extent, the, I, I, I do think it's a better, I think it's a more interesting film. I think it's like a deeper film. There's the, you know, the, there's just a lot more going on. It's, it's not as fun. Like, it's certainly not like you're not, it's not a romp. <laughs> It's not, yeah. you know, um, I mean, I know a certain but, scarecrow that would disagree, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are set pieces that are fun. Um, but no, it is, it, it's funny. Like I actually hadn't thought of it the way you just framed it, Rachel, which is like, there's like so little plot. It's, there's this tension between Mia Goth and her mother, uh, or between Pearl and her mother, but it's like you know where it's going. It's not, there's never like any, when I say tension, there's like interpersonal tension, but I mean, the main plot point is the main like Mm -hmm. drive of the narrative are like auditions for this church dance group. Yeah. (laughs) Which Mm -hmm. I mean that, I mean that scene actually was really, really good. Uh, Just like the way like, and it's, it's actually like, like you know painful to yes, watch to yeah. a certain yeah, it extent. Is. Like, really visually you know like exactly when it when it turns to fantasy though that scene is really visually stunning yeah mm-hmm. and also like i don't i don't know what they thought good dancing was i'm like is this good or not like i don't i genuinely have no fucking <laughs> I thought idea. it wasn't just me i'm like i'm like it looked okay I to me i mean like, this, this is the 20s like what could the standards have possibly been at that point like 
I was my expectation for what she was going to do as a performance was much lower. Like I actually was like, oh <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is like a whole thing. She's and they didn't, and they didn't <laughs> seem they didn't seem unimpressed with her, but she just because well, we never see her actually do the dancing. We see her watching dance movies, and so you really didn't know. Like, does she does she seriously believe she can dance, or just yeah. like in her head she like has watched these. You know, she like cares about it, and like she's well. Not only herself. not only that, but I think it's an important point is that we see the mom shutting it down too before we get to see her any of her dancing beforehand. And I think we're also going sort of pre-armed with this information from X, thinking like, oh, she's going to go up there and she's going to do it. Like this is what this movie totally. is actually about. And that's so I when think when you kind of takes that yeah. narrative turn, you're like, oh. This is a totally. That's when you. That's not where I was going. To your point, like understand her as an unreliable narrator, which like she's a murderer, so I don't know why. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I like X considerably more than this movie. Um, I think it's just more to my taste, but I do think that it, this movie is kind of more along the lines of the Ty West movies that I don't love as much, like like a house of the devil or like an innkeepers like there it's uh, to his credit. I think a lot plotting aside, a lot more interesting stuff happens in this movie than either of those movies. And that it, it's more visually striking. I just think it's a little bit more him playing in that slow burn artsy kind of like arena. Um, I, I think it's made as successful as it is pretty much entirely by Mia Goth. Like she seems real weird in a way that's like fun to watch on screen. Like mm -hmm. I've, I always appreciate artists that I think are crazy in real life. And I think she's probably crazy in real life. Like I mean, <laughs> as, as you said to me, she was married to Shia, Shia LaBeouf. She just has crazy <laughs> eyes and she is committing to the weirdness. Like you can feel it didn't surprise. I did notice that like writing credit at the end and it doesn't surprise me because you just like, you, you can feel when an actor like this is so invested in what they're doing and you really get that from her, like that there was a passion here for this character in this project. Um, she's batshit crazy along the ways along the way. Like you get just these insane scenes, like this scarecrow love making scene, mm -hmm. like extended, like that goes on for a while whoever designed that scarecrow should win an Oscar because that is the most unsettling thing that I've ever Terrifying. seen. Just the scarecrow I was, itself. I was like, where, like, was this a and, scarecrow face you could buy at the store? And frankly, like, yeah. and frankly, there's so many like fantasy elements mixed in and it's so weird. You don't know. Like I was like, is this going to turn supernatural? Is this thing coming to life? Is she going to yeah. like pretend it's a lie? Like, well, but there's I a mean, tension there too. I feel like where you're waiting to see if this thing is going to like all of a sudden, animate or something like that yeah after the first movie my whole time my whole thought during that whole scarecrow scene it could was go it's anywhere. gonna be a body right it's gonna be a corpse <laughs> oh see i just was like is this gonna be like a scarecrow monster like is this gonna come alive and like um, i would not put it past i was <laughs> I, I mean because it's also it's also early on in the movie where i feel like you're getting your bearings and so like it's yeah it's interesting in that there's no threat of anything bad happening except for her being caught, I guess, but it's a very tense scene because of the way it unfolds. And it's like, so, uh, well, the, drawn most out of the threats to Pearl in the film are like, her mom's going to be angry with her. Totally. Like, yeah. That's where mm -hmm. like, she's yeah. at no point. Like the, the biggest threat to her is herself. And 
her own behavior, right? And so yeah. it does create this very, I don't know, it's just, it's a non-traditional sort of like setup or narrative, like where you're both rooted. It, there's there's plenty of like anti-heroes or like the, yeah. the monster so protagonists, but I don't know. I think it's very unique. I really like the way it f- helps flesh out this mythos from X. And I'm, I mean, both of these movies feel very creatively pure. They feel very untinkered with in a way that f- few movies do nowadays. Um, in, yeah. a good, in a good way. I don't mean the Netflix, like we just left in 45 minutes of footage that should have been cut out kind of way. <laughs> I mean, like a director with a real passion and a vision for a story and apparently a company that's like, sure. Do, yeah. do what you want, buddy. What I saw is like both of these budgets were a million dollars. Yeah. So if I've, you can make two theatrical horror movies for a million dollars each, like you you can kind of do whatever you want. So I, well, uh, if you read and, about the business, especially they look like this. Yeah. 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 I prefer X, but I find this movie very endearing, and there's a lot of extremely memorable moments from Mia Goth in particular. Yeah. Um, I think that's a fair assessment, though, too. I got more out of it than myself, but I don't think you're I'm not saying you're wrong or anything like that. And I can see there's enough difference between X and this movie. They're totally I different guess. movies. I mean, that's kind of yeah, the cool exactly. thing about it. Yeah, it's almost shot in this like. Um, I mean, the movie set in the 20s, but it feels like um, 40s era Hollywood or something. You know, yeah. what, what do you say? Like it, Technicolor Wizard of Oz. Right. Oh, kind yeah. of. Yeah. And 40, 41. And Eric mentioned it. And it commits to it. It commits to it all the way through, which is the fascinating part about it. Yeah. Eric mentioned the art direction in the email chain of this movie. And it was that caught me from the very beginning. It's like, oh, they're going all in. It had the same credit styles. The coloring was the same. Even some of the focus was off in some of the scenes. There was an early scene where like the first time she went to uh, meet her alligator friend, whose name I can't remember. It was like blurry. And super grainy and whatnot, just because it was set up to fit that art style. Mm-hmm. If I had, I mean, we don't need to go into hard into complaints. Like the the one thing that I like struggle with a little bit, like it feels like a small movie. And when I say that, what I mean is like it feels like a movie they made during COVID, and we're like, we can't have a lot of people on set. So, <laughs> yeah. but X, yeah, and X, X feels the same way. Well, X has the same issue. The, with the one caveat that they there were just like five more actors. There's more. Like there's people, literally yeah. like six people or seven people in this whole mm-hmm. movie. You know, in some and ways it's no... like it's a little. I think it kind of works thematically though with the idea of how it, small, no, totally. like how small her world is, because kind of yeah. a big thing about the character is it's isolation. How, how badly she wants to bust out of that. Yeah, and that's yeah, why it's I like think... one of the. Go ahead. It's one of the ways that I think the movie smartly complicates your feelings around her and right. gets you on side on her side. You see her doing heinous things even before the killing starts with the killing of the the duck she or kills the, the duck early on or the yeah. goose. And um, sorry, my was that a foul? Sorry, um, <laughs> uh, I no. hate myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, but I like it it plays with that in that way and I think some of it is because it makes her world so small and so undesirable like her life so undesirable and her desire so understandable that it it tricks you into seeing her as your hero yeah. and then when things unfold yeah. you know you see yeah, the monster you, underneath 
You cannot help but be sympathetic for Pearl throughout this movie. You cannot help it. You feel so bad for her throughout that. And like even when she goes and meets the projectionist and you know in your head it's like, oh, she's going to end up cheating on her husband or something like that because he's off at the war and she's going to fall in love with this guy and whatnot. But it still shows how fragile she is and how isolated she is really that all of that stuff is just new to her. I just thought that was fascinating. I was sort of surprised how quickly that plot thread comes and goes like he finds out fairly quickly that she's like batty and like backs away from yeah. her. But I, I mean, it makes sense because it's part of her unraveling. That's one of my favorite lines in this movie is when the projectionist told her, I'm what some of your townsfolk would consider bohemian. <laughs> she's like, I don't know what that means. I can't do the accent, but I love her. I love her accent. Yeah, Goth, are you with us? Her accent is, <laughs> it's so, it's so over the top. It's so it drawly and drawn out. I just love it. And like mm-hmm. innocent. She has this like innocence in her delivery that's like fascinating. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, what if you are, so you're someone who has to perform humanity, but the example that you have is set by that era of filmmaking. Yeah, that's it's a good right. point. It, also, mm-hmm. it's funny, like, it, I mean, I'm sure intentional, but it's really not any different from the accent as Maxine in X. Like, it's very similar, just with that extra, like, innocence, I feel like, tacked onto it. Yeah, kind of carrying off of what Rachel was talking about, too. One of my favorite scenes, I mean, my probably the peak of this movie for me is that scene with Pearl and Mitzi after the audition and they go back to the house and Pearl's kind of just kind of getting everything off of her chest to Mitzi. Cause Mitzi's like, Hey, consider me your husband. I'm a, I'm his sister. So consider me your husband. Just get it all off. And it kept going and it kept going. But at the same time, you could tell that she, that Pearl was working it out in her own head too. Yeah. And she knew that there was problems and there was knew that there was stuff that she wasn't equipped to deal with, but she didn't know how to deal with it. She was laying it all out there. And the tension of it, I just thought was fantastic watching Bitsy as she was trying to get out of that room. That that I really mean, had me on the edge of my seat. That as seems... Bitsy kept going, I think it's time to go home. My mom's going to be worried. She kept going. I mean, it's like well, I think si- it's time to go. It's simultaneously like edgy and scary but it's very emotional like when she's very yeah to hear her like real time unpack all of these feelings about her life and her husband and her like all this stuff well that was the same moment i was talking about at the beginning of the show though we have literally like an eight minute monologue from mia goth at this scene and honestly you would think typically especially in a horror movie an eight minute monologues god awful but you really couldn't look away well it's Mm -mm. it's the climax of the film yeah, like, mm-hmm. that's that's what's talk about like weird narrative choices or structural choices, like bold, right? Like it's yeah. I, I did not realize the movie was over when she was giving that. <laughs> I was like, where the fuck it does is end? Going? It ends extremely abruptly. Well, it basically that's it. Like that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Um. Well. Well, the we end of the movie we can, is. We can talk about the end credits because to me it's like one of the best parts. Of the so end. the husband. It's like a short film. She's killed. Amazing. She's killed everybody at this point. She's killed her parents. She's killed. She kills the Bohemian, right? At some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. She kills oh, yeah. the sister-in-law. And then he Howard finally comes home from war. I feel like we see him, right? It didn't. I couldn't tell if it was the yeah, same he actor. Comes back or not. To the house. Yeah. yeah. Do we think it's the same yeah. actor? He looked. Like I didn't see a resemblance like you do with like me. No, it was much, he was much younger. 
Well, no, but the the actor in so. the actor in X was young, just like Mia Goth was. Like he had makeup on. It wasn't the same guy because that guy was actually, I, if I remember right, was not as young as Mia Goth, but he was gotcha. a little bit older, but not as old as the character. Gotcha. Um, so he comes home from war and walks in, and she basically has a meal of rotting food on the table with all these dead people around it, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre style. And then I forget, does she say anything? She says something, right? She says, I'm so happy you're home. <laughs> right. And then we're like his POV looking at her. She's like smiling like this, like, eh? like, and then the camera, like Looney Tunes style, like slow zooms in on her while the credits roll. I don't know how long this shot is, but she continues to smile basically. Or yeah. maybe it's before the credits roll, but it's no, no, it's the credits. No, it's through the credits. I mean, <laughs> it's five minutes, maybe. Like it, it which yeah. doesn't sound that she long. Blink. It's an no. et- it's an eternity <laughs> watching her. Sm- it's one of the scariest things I feel like I've ever fucking seen. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's like literally going through it. Like I'm, I'm so curious how many times they did that take, and maybe they just did it once. But because like. Her smile kind of like waxes and wanes. She starts to cry a little bit. I mean, it, like she's having all the like physical it's, reactions it's ca- that you would have if it's, you had to hold that. It's capital. Mm-hmm. It's capital A acting is what it is. Oh yeah. And so what's interesting is it raises all these other questions, right? Like he stays with her, and it does. It. I mean, it. It contextualizes so much of like their relationship in X, of course. But well, like, there's a whole chunk here of you can make another movie. That so picks up here. Reason, you know, like. <laughs> I, I, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like, so they've announced that Maxine is gonna be the the end of the trilogy, which will be set after the action of X. It's yeah. gonna be like a, a more porny version of X, presumably, or like in the eighties, right? I mean, like that. <laughs> I don't know if we're ready for it, but um, I want the movie that ha- there's fifty years in between this movie and mm-hmm. X. And yeah, like so Astrology. many unanswered questions. What yeah. the fuck are they doing for fifty years? Like, like I wonder like, if they how many people do they kill? I mean, you like, there could be flashbacks in Maxine. Like, you could go that route. Yeah, but that was the point. Girls, they're all dead, though, Eric. Like, yeah. who are they? How are no, they no, flashing no. back if, to Pearl? I mean, unless it's like no, no, but they're psychically what, connected. John, it's a movie, not like the characters having a flashback, <laughs> dingus. I mean the. <laughs> Filmmaker is showing us a different thing that happened in time. Yeah. What are you talking but the time about? Frame, the time frame is really what gives yeah. me the emotional gut punch in this because the message throughout this movie was Pearl wanted out of her life and wanted a new life because she didn't like living on that farm and she had to get out. And that's a, her whole focus was that all the shit went down. And we know that 50 years later, Pearl's still living in the house with her husband. Yeah. So we know she never escapes. And she never gets what she truly wants. And some, so you've got to assume in that 50 year period, she's just batshit insane. But we also yeah, know that they love each other and are still yeah. after it. And yeah. It's really a beautiful love story. Getting it. <laughs> right. No, but I think that scene where you're watching the credits roll over her face, you're coming to that same realization. And like, that's the backdrop. You're watching her kind of come to that realization as you're emotionally going, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. She doesn't leave the farm. Holy shit. Right. And right. so, because you don't yeah. know, like, because of the way she talks about being a dancer and ex, like, you, ass- I mean, by the time you get to this point in the movie, you're like, all oh, this shit's going bad. But there is tension where you think she might get it. Like, and then mm-hmm. yeah. the moment she doesn't exactly, you're like, oh, like it just 
the the long play of how depressing the story is like really settles in and in that exact moment. yeah yeah you're right i did have some hope for her in that audition but you do deep down inside that it wasn't going to work out because we know what happens 50 years it's later. honestly it's, but it's, even watching the look on her face was heartbreaking it's very adept like prequel telling in that it's not just trying to fill in gaps right like i wouldn't tell somebody to watch this movie first I tell somebody to watch X first. And then if you want, this is like a nice companion piece that just fleshes out the world. That'd be like watching uh, star star Wars one before you watch a new hope. I mean, like that's what people (laughs) do now, John. (laughs) It's crazy. John, that's what people do. Not by my Um, my approval. One, uh, one thing you just made me think of now, I'm going to forget what it was. Uh, Can I say what the one plot hole that I got a little, sure. Hmm. What's the deal with that fucking car that's sticking out of the water? Like, wouldn't that have been like a dead giveaway of like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I also think that there's a, t- like a I mean, guy might be in there. I don't know that I would call it a loose end because of it just hadn't, ha- hasn't happened yet. But with the, um, the sister dying, right? Like that's the one person where, there's going to be questions from her parents, yeah. presumably like <laughs> the, because the Bohemian doesn't matter. I mean, nobody knows him or where he is or whatever, right. but like the sister, I feel like is going to raise a couple red flags. Yeah. I, so I just remembered the other thing, the other piece that I like liked, I think it's like a really interesting pearl pearlism. I don't know what you would call it. When she starts insisting that Mitzi won the part, Yes. My takeaway. I mean, like, I assume Mitzi did not win the part. Oh, I thought she act. I thought she admitted no, that she, she did. started to say that she did. Yeah, she I think did. she did. End, I, I thought. Th- you I think she yeah. did get the yeah. I oh, think she. she did. I think as she as did. They were looking for a blonde. I was like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> but there was one point because she... right when Pearl made that flip, she told her she was like, "You can tell me. You can be honest." And she said, "Well," and then that's when she totally subtly reveals that she got it but is terrified to say it basically is what i read in that scene interesting my which that she like didn't get it and was being like browbeaten like almost like gaslit to like Mm. say Mm. that she did i think she was psychological torture to like get her to say i don't know i mean like interesting it's because i think the blonde thing is the blonde thing is really pointed i feel like because the whole movie she's like you're perfect and like Well, but really, said, though, like, that's at the end. That's at like the very end. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I so. take your point. That's interesting. I, I, only, I didn't read it that way, but I could see it. She only admits to it after being like brown. I, di- I disagree. Lot. I disagree, yeah. Rachel. I don't see it. No. All right. I mean, fair enough. No, I really stop placating schnars. I really liked Mitzi in this movie because I thought that fear that she showed at the end of that conversation and her trying to get out of the kitchen. I have I've been in those situations, obviously not as heavy as like, talking about <laughs> murder and shit like that. But like you're talking to somebody you don't really want to talk to them. You're right. wanting to get out of the room and she's going through that same thing. We've all experienced that. To Where some a conversation extent. turns and you're like, oh, you're crazy. Uh oh. What yeah, do I do like, now? Oh, shit. I, got, I need to exit. Um, I love <laughs> that once a week, actually. <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> even how that scene starts is really brilliant where she's walking into the house and sees the roast pig like rotting oh, and just like yes just kind of clocks it for a second like that's it so it starts oh, yeah, out yeah. creepy do you think there's a like an underlying message to that pig and the rotting because there's something about the mother refusing to take it too because it wasn't pearl that left it there rotting on the porch right 
I mean, that, the pig arrived the same time she got the invitation to go do the performance. And you see kind of like she declines from that point on. So I think you could kind of make that parallel. But I also think it's also about that final dinner table where she's decided that she's going to make a home for Howard. But what she has is this rotting it's family rotted. and this rotting you know, all yeah. the symbols of of homemaking are present but they're all literally rotting my only counter that to that though is we get that brief glimpse of the mother telling mitzi's mom we don't take charity right yeah. and mm-hmm. mitzi's mom just said it on the porch and they it's like the entire like both mom and pearl just ignored it but no but pearl <laughs> does bring it into the house to rachel's point like at the end know. yeah yes you know, the mom is like very principled. <laughs> like she has like a way of life that she has in her mind. And it's just like at 180 degree, you know, conflict with the way of life Pearl has in her mind, right. which is fantastical and mm-hmm. has lots of issues. But, but, but um, I mean, that's my point though, that pig was sitting on the porch when Pearl brought it in and put it on the table. It was sitting on the yeah. porch crawling with maggots because of the mom. Mm hmm. Yeah, she could have, I mean, she could have, like, thrown it away, though. She didn't have to put it on the table. I don't know. Yeah, but but mom didn't need to leave it on the porch, either. She could have thrown it away, too, is my point. I mean, I'm just wondering if there's a message that there's something deeper there Well, I just, wasn't the mom dead, like, pretty soon after that? Yeah, that's fair, too. (laughs) I think it's, like, it's actually, like, a symbol, like, to Rachel's point, that, like, it's, like, a very visual cue that, like, oh, yeah, like, a lot of fucked up things are happening. Like, the rotting is, is... is underway because yeah. Pearl, it doesn't even like enter Pearl's brain to like get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like at no point does she think about throwing it away. She, she really can't take care of herself is the reality. I, I guess right. if, what I'm fishing for is, do you think that there's any kind of message with that pig that the mom and how strict the mom was created any of this in Pearl? Oh, interesting. Like mm-hmm. a nature versus nurture type thing, right? I just, that was where my brain went, but I could be way off. I'm. I mean, sociopaths often have narcissistic mothers. Yeah. <laughs> if we want to get real, well, you know, scientific about we, it. We've talked about a lot of really like great performance moments, but we haven't talked about the fight before the mother dies. That whole monologue is another one that is yeah. incredible. That oh. whole exchange between the two of them about the desire, like what you want out of life versus making the best out of life. Like mm-hmm. that, the, like the violent exchange of ideas in that scene mm-hmm. are so incredible. And I, 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 that the unpa- the unfurling of that relationship, I thought was like very, very compelling. There are so yeah. many like, raw performances in this and i think mia goth like keening outside the audition are these like standout moments but like lest we forget mom she was incredible in this scene right because what was that like what was that line she said to pearl that every time i look at you i'm reminded on how far i failed or something to that extent yeah it's like jesus Mm -hmm. christ well and she (laughs) that that's the same you know bit of dialogue where she's she's talking about how she like has seen the darkness in her or like sees yeah, She's like you think you don't notice the thing. Like I see the things you do, presumably referencing like killing the goose and like probably some other animal murder. Like the mom knows that she's fucking crazy. Yeah. Well, you know? even Pearl said she murdered other people. She'd had murderous tendencies, but we didn't get those details, so it's well, left as a mystery. I think she was talking about killing animals at least yeah. at that point. But yeah, it could be. I bet. I wonder, I always wondered too, though, if there was something else that happened that that's the way, why mom was so strict. 
But I mean, even the animals is pretty bad. So like, I'm not trying to say it's not, not bad enough. It's like their livelihood. <laughs> right. So. Right. Well, I mean, she's terrified of people discovering. I mean, that's the thing is she's so uh, focused on the presenting like a a perfect front. I mean, we find out some of it has to do with prejudice against Germans. But I think her way of dealing with Pearl is to just try to hide what she's doing mm-hmm. and not necessarily do anything about it because that's why she's got Pearl on the farm tucked away is because she knows Right. What What's interesting is where she's set up very villainously in this scene, and then she's proven absolutely right. The minute that she doesn't have her mother there, she she gives herself away almost instantly back at the house. Yeah. Like she can't. She yeah. She's she's not meant for public consumption. She needs that powers, was the whole right? dog like, thing, right? The dog thing was great. I love actually. that dog that scene with the dog. Yeah. We heard the knocking in the house, and she's trying to get the projectionist to sleep with her. And he keeps hearing knocking. What is it? Oh, we have a dog. I, I had to lock him in the basement. He went nuts. And the, the moment it the, they showed her in the barn, and he said, "Well, what about a dog?" And she's like, "Oh, we ain't got no dog." I'm like, "Oh shit." <laughs> <laughs> she's not even good at the no. Especially. <laughs> So I put this in the the when we were doing the emails beforehand. Did any either in any of you guys did you ever think about American Psycho while you're watching this? I found myself thinking about it quite a bit, and how she's almost like a highly feminized, naive version of Patrick Bateman. I could see that with the fascination with being a dancing girl, being a celebrity, right? Because she just wanted well, to be loved but by it, everybody. But the one thing that's at the core yeah. of both characters, I didn't necessarily think that when I was watching it, but. Both characters are sort of um, racked by self-doubt and this their perceived inability to like blend in mm-hmm. or like be well, normal. Like Patrick Bateman ultimately is trying to emulate everyone around him to sort of act human. And in similar mm-hmm. ways, in similar ways, Pearl is like she has this life that she wants to live that she's trying to like emulate in that she sees in the mm-hmm. movies, essentially this like image and can't. Yeah. They're both, I mean, I, mean, I think they are portraits of like psychopaths, right? Like, and yeah. yeah. There are similar similarities. I don't know. I, yeah. I didn't think of it explicitly, but it is, I mean, it's an interesting comp for sure. Do you think I mean, Pearl like, is the obsession with status? I mean, there's a few, there's a few allegories yeah. there. And I was, I was just thinking about the way that we perceive Patrick Bateman. And I do the think way, the way we perceive someone like Pearl. I do yeah. think she and, is, but, you know, I do think she is, um, looking for love in a way that Patrick Bateman is not like Patrick Bateman's looking for like some very specific things and love is not one of them. Um, and she, while she certainly is looking for sex similarly to him, like, yeah, she really it's not does love, want it's more fulfillment. Yeah. But she mm-hmm. really does. She's looking for some kind of connection that he's, that I don't think he's even capable of. Because a lot of, I mean, America, they're just also set like American psycho is also like eighties consumer, well, it's part yeah, of yeah, it's part of the, the milieu. It's a little less like central here. I can see the parallels. So, I mean, don't patronize me. I you guys disagree. It's you know, <laughs> no, but saying there are similarities. Yeah, no, I, I'm I, just kidding. The it's difference, the biggest difference to me is that Patrick Bateman was more of uh, more ingrained into the world he was aspiring to than Pearl was. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's yeah, more. I think it's I, I think just maybe just the character studies is probably where I'm seeing the parallel. Sorry, Eric. Yeah. No, that's okay. I was just going to say, I think there's more like, even if it's warped, there's, I, f- I feel more humanity in Pearl than I do in Patrick yeah. Bateman. Well, he's like a, he's like a Pearl's shark. a psychopath or a sociopath? 
Let me call Matilda. Let's call real Matilda. Quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's 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 Tilly at? My my limited knowledge, I'd have to say sociopath, just because the emotions, like when she was like, I didn't really want to have to t- take care of my dad, but it had to be done. So it, she kind of separated from the emotional context of it, right? Yeah, there isn't. There's like a. She's not gleeful about murder. It's more like she just snaps and like loses control. Although, man, right. she does make some gleeful faces. That- that feels more like psychopath to me then because sociopath is like a lack of empathy, right? It's all, it's all bad. Psychopath has some degree of like, it's all bad. Disassociation. You don't want it. None of it works out. It's all swipe left. None of it. it, If you're lucky, none of it's great. All right. uh, Would you recommend Pearl Casey? Absolutely. Rachel. Oh yeah. Easy recommend. Jonathan. Yes. I would say yes. I might even say go to a theater and support this kind of weird thing being in theaters because I think that's a cool aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. Get think, out your crusty old mask, pop it on, yeah. head into the theater. <laughs> uh, what do you keep in your car? <laughs> Rachel. Crusted, it turns into an N95. Rachel, out in the, su- out in the, the suburbs, out in the suburbs, Rachel, we just pretend like it never happened. So it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, everyone. Uh, I think we're going to visit my top 10 list on the other side of this here break. Yeah. So um, yeah. we will be right back. Weather got the little monsters uptight. Make it a blockbuster night. Blockbuster has something for everyone. Even the fussiest little beasts settle down to enjoy blockbuster. I just love a family night. If the weather's a fright, make it a blockbuster night. This is Zane from Nightmare on Elm Street, and you are listening to Bloody Good Horror. Send feedback to info at bloodygoodhorror.com or on Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. And we're back. I use this time to go to Dr. Google. And she is a psychopath. There you go. Okay. Um, I am. So right now. Oh man, I had a, such a weird list this year. Um, my top ten. Not starting at number one. Nope. X. Prey. Mad God. Spine of Night. Orphan. First Kill. That's my black horse for the year. Um, fresh. Then I'm gonna put Pearl at number eight. So right now, I guess I have Watcher at 9, Torn Hearts at 10, and I guess I'm bumping Glorious. I did really, like, I did really like Glorious, though. Um, 
I'm like kind of surprised. So Orphan First Kill, you have as as even a better prequel than <laughs> it's, Pearl. It's, Pearl isn't even the Battle of prequel. the Prequels. Have you seen it yet, John? <laughs> I did. I watched Orphan First Kill. It's it was fun. It's real good. <laughs> yeah, it was. Is it your was, number one? It's it's the second best prequel that I saw. I never. I, I never in a million years could have guessed where Orphan First Kill goes, and that's awesome. And I will. Yeah. I, I respect the hell out of it yeah. for that. Yeah, it has some real. Yeah, the, as we covered on the show, it has some real the boy energy. Yeah, same, it's going to be a surprising year. Same director. Yeah, there's still he, some more like heavy hitters coming too, guys. It's going to be I a know. rough year to put together a top ten list. I have un, I am not as smart as Eric. I did not do this as I went, so I'm going to have to do a bunch of like. I. Ooh. It's better to wait till the end, and then it's just like, what did you remember? What I the would thing, say the movies mm, that stuck with you. I'm looking at this years? list right now. I could easily bump for really good shit. I could bump Fresh Watcher and Torn Hearts without any emotional oh, distress. Yeah, I whatsoever. have Fresh very high on my list right now. Mine mm-hmm. is very high. I did really like it, but I am not emotionally yeah. attached to it. I could easily bump it. I'm just telling like, you this, John. Watcher, I kind of love it. But it's also when I look at the title and I think about deleting it, I feel no emotions. So that's how I know Dude, I could. But do I it. feel <laughs> personally attacked that you're going to take a Sebastian Stan movie off your list. Like that's it's, mm. it's you're that's you're cold, the bro. only Sebastian Stan that I need, John. Um, oh. <laughs> I think if I if it comes to four movies, and like I had to choose between like a Pearl and an Orphan First Kill, I think that would hurt my feelings. I think at that point, yeah. all I'm gonna say is surprising to everybody: the Foo Fighters movie has fallen off my top ten. Wow, I'm shocked. I would tell you this. <laughs> I would tell you this. My top six. Nope. Let's say my top five. Nope, X, Prey, Mad God, Spine of Night. You will have to pry any one of those movies out of my cold dead hands this year. Yeah. I will I'm ready to fight. See, I'm uh, Mad God, I give like a career achievement. I don't know. It's like amazing. Did yeah. you see the scene where all the giants were pooping into that one guy's mouth, John? <laughs> Did you even see it? <laughs> Fucking brilliant. <laughs> I am an I appreciator. Like pray, but I don't, like it let it never be said, John. That I love to pray. Let it never be I said. Let it never be said, John, that I don't appreciate the fart house. It's just got to be a very specific kind of fart house experience. It might be said. <laughs> Info at. You don't like oh. fart house, you like shit house. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of like a shit house kind of person. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. More substance. I'm more like, mm-hmm. what was the thing in that movie? It was like things with like boobs hanging in places they shouldn't have been. Did you, did you were on that show, Rachel? There was like yeah, a monster, was. but was, instead yeah, of big balls, like they were some... boobs or something like that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm into I, it. Now I had, for, I had forgotten, I, and now it's all coming I back. I will never forget. Did you forget? I will I, be... I mean, there's a lot to remember in that one. <laughs> I, will be, I will be in my old age in like a convalescent home telling people fever dream stories about mad God. And they're going to be like, he's lost his fucking mind. Like he doesn't know where he is. Did I tell you that Matilda's husband met the director when he was a child? You mean Phil Tippett? Yes. (laughs) That he like showed him all of his star Wars toys. Well, okay. So there's that connection. That sounds problematic. Turns out my boyfriend also met him. They rode Bart together. (laughs) You you West coasters, you West coasters, man. (laughs) I mean, we're just um, rubbing elbows. Just living out the, there the in creme de la creme of <laughs> poop art movies. <laughs> living out there in living out there in La La Land. 
Um, so a little bit of um, spooky season uh, house cleaning news kind of stuff going on. We have just been assessing our bandwidth this year. The last couple of years, we've done some of those like virtual Halloween parties. I don't think we're going to be able to do that this year, unfortunately. However, um, we wanted to do something for patrons. And so we're teaming up this year. Again, we've done this a couple of years in a row with um, HalloweenCostumes.com. It's like spirit, but it's just on the internet, John. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are going to be giving away um, three gift codes for this website only to patrons. So all you have to do, you don't have to do anything to enter. You just have to be a patron um, before um, October 13th, which is like two weeks from the day the show comes out or two weeks from tonight or something. Thursday. Yeah. Two weeks from tonight is October 13th. So we figured that'll give you enough time to hear this and join if you're not already joined. And also, um, like October 13th, you probably still have time to order something and get it before Halloween. You could just save it and stock up for next year or whatever. Um, so we're going to be giving away, there's a hundred dollar like wear it normally. Like if, if you found something nice that you like, there's a hundred dollar, a $75 and a $50 code. We're going to be giving away, um, to patrons. So check us out. Um, patreon.com slash bloody good horror. You can sign up, you get, the video live stream every week, back episodes, the weekly um, classics feed, access to Slack. There's a bunch of stuff you get there. And now enter this contest. It's awesome. So there you go. Halloweencostumes.com, John, for all of your Halloween costuming needs. Party. Um, first email, info at bloodygoodhorror.com. You'd be amazed how many people over the years have been like, what's the email address? Like it's, it's in the bumper. It says every show, John. Um, but you know who never forgets the email address, John? You? Caitlin from Kissimmee. Caitlin. Yeah. She says, Florida is a shit show for realty right now, but my boyfriend just sent me this and I am shook. I just don't fucking understand what the fuck you're paying for or why you would want to ever pay for it. So John, we're going to test your knowledge of Manhattan real estate here. Yes. Okay. Manhattan real estate. So I'm going to give you an address. I'm going to give you the stats of this apartment and you're going to, you're going to spitball the price for me. Oh, I like this game. This is fun. (laughs) Hold on. Also, I don't know that this is Manhattan. I just said that it's in New York city somewhere. I don't know. It's all Manhattan. Well, give me the address. I can probably tell you. She sent me a <laughs> listing. I want you to see if you can guess how much this costs. Okay. No cheating. I, I actually can probably get pretty close. Okay, let's do it. 217 West 57th Street. Okay. Where are we in that area? That's like Midtown West. It says Midtown Central. It's not Central. like a super residential part of town. It says Midtown it's, Central. Yeah. It's um, Hell's Kitchen, maybe? So this is a penthouse condo. This is where we might, I mean, this is, we're really going to test your knowledge here of like the real upper crust kind of shit. Cause this is not a normal apartment. This penthouse has 23 rooms. Oh, come seven, on. All right. this seven is- bedrooms, nine and a half bathrooms. So more bathrooms than bedrooms, which I like, um, 17,000 square feet. Okay. What do you think this might cost? It's a lot. It's what's, like, what's the, <laughs> it's the penthouse, but like, what f- does it say? It doesn't say like how many floors, like what floors it on? 
I mean, I get is that could could that possibly be one floor? It doesn't say how many floors. I'll say I'm gonna say fifty-five million dollars. You're not even close. It's two hundred and fifty million. Oh well, that hasn't actually transacted, has it? Because I what does that even mean? No, well, I like the like the highest ever like transaction. Of like Manhattan real estate, I thought it was like less than two hundred million. I don't so. know, John. It's a, if you have you been out in that, this market lately. Um, I don't know. Well, do you the, know what a the top of the market is like? Getting this crazy. is even crazier. Do you know what common charges means? I don't know what that means. Like yes, fees. That's like the it's like the fees. It's typically your taxes plus like whatever you got to pay to like. So common charges twenty six thousand yeah. dollars, and monthly taxes fifty thousand dollars a month. Oh, so okay, they're common plus. Yeah. So there you go. Jesus. Put it in context for me. Would that apartment be in only murders in the building or a different <laughs> show? <laughs> I think uh, no, like succession only. I think oh, that okay. or like billions or whatever. That I think that's, that helps. <laughs> that story can best be summed up by just saying eat, eat the rich, John. That's all I have to say about that. Um, You're so well marbled. Well, the problem is all those apartments were push. going to like Russian oligarchs and like the Russian oligarchs can't buy them anymore. So no one's buying those. Man, burn, any event. like Roddy or somebody, burn we'll it all it. down. Uh, Casey, what's on Twitter? We got two tweets this week. First up, we have our good friend Whitney at Whitney. Please, have you ever had a screen cry fit like Pearl did? Be honest. I've In adulthood, <laughs> like screen cry. No, I've wailed. <laughs> like wailing has happened. Yeah. I don't, yeah, scream cry. I've definitely had a good like. Have you ever cried, John? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, cry all the time. I cry at movies all the time. I like. I get very upset. I told you every time Coco's on, I fucking I start crying at the beginning of. Coco. Maybe that's the key to your. Maybe that's the key to your. Um, just general, like level nature is that you actually have access to your emotions on a regular basis and not just in giant. Not wholly inaccurate, probably. Rachel's like, really? The gears are turning over there. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, do I tell the story? And the answer is <laughs> no. So I will just say yes. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. We got one more tweet oh, here from at PS Trophy Hunter. And this one's just as classy. If you could pick one character from the Wizard of Oz to use as a sex doll, which one would it be? <laughs> These asking the important questions. <laughs> oh my gosh! Good God. I mean, based on sensation alone, it has to be the cowardly lion, right? All that texture—that'd <sighs> be oh. the way, way you'd have to go. <laughs> okay, I'm not comfortable with this question. <laughs> what? Uh, I worry that, like, the uh, you know how males and females might answer this question. I I always thought but... I always thought the good witch was pretty, and that's about as far as I'm going to go. I feel like when I was a kid, I had a crush on Glenda the Good Witch. Yeah, who didn't? Yeah. So I mean, so I angelic. would never answer that. That is uh, offensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I saw like I saw a trailer or still the other day of the actress who played the witch in another movie, and it's so unsettling. I've never seen. I mean, I don't. I don't watch movies from that era, but it's so bizarre to see that face. Just in something oh, else. You mean like, like the who played the, the, evil the Wicked Witch, Witch of the yeah. West? I, that actress? Yes, yeah. 
Oh, I thought you were talking about from the movie The Witch. I was like, Anya Taylor Joy or no. <laughs> <laughs> He's like working a lot. These days, Quit so. cyberbullying the girl. God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure this lady's dead and has never heard of a cyber, so I think it's fine. <laughs> That's fair. Um, she did not live to cyber times, I'm positive. <laughs> You can't be bullied if you've never heard of the internet. You don't know. Maybe she was in hospice AOLing. (laughs) So can someone look up when she died? Can someone look up when she died? Now I'd like to know. Um, We're we're also on Instagram. First question. Over under 49.5 horror movies with Mia Goth or Jenna Ortega by the end of the decade? Question mark. Oh, I got to go with Jenna Ortega. I mean, no, no, no. I think he's I saying if you combine like, both of them, are we going to hit 50 movies with to the two of them by the end of the decade? Oh, you, yeah, there sure. might, they might be at 10 already. They might combined? be, at, they might be at 10 already. They Jenna Ortega has been in five this year. I was going to say it was Mia four. Goth has been in two of these and she was in a cure for wellness. That's like eight. Cure for wellness was like 2014. Yeah. That was if a while talking ago. about this decade. Whatever, John. <laughs> it's like the 2020s. Uh, We've got Maxine. What else? But that's not a like they haven't shot that. I don't think. Yeah, that's not coming till next year at least. You don't know what Ty West has done, John. <laughs> well, he did put a trailer after this movie, so <laughs> I was serious. Could somebody look up for me when the witch died? I'd like to know, please. <laughs> Someone help me out. I don't want to distract myself here. And if she's still alive, slide into them DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Sup, girl. <laughs> Margaret Hamilton mm-hmm. died 1985, Salisbury, Connecticut. Sorry, so, Eric. Technically, some cyber around, but I'm I doubt yeah. she had access to it. I mean, like, she wasn't like be getting her BBS <laughs> on. She wasn't on DARPAnet. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't at MIT. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking DARPAnet. I love it. Um. Yeah. Oh my god. Do you think she ever played Nintendo? She could have played Nintendo. Could have. She was when she I remember passed. like my my grandma she was 83 years old. So it's that's, you know, possible. My grandmother was born in 1917 and she passed away years ago. But I remember like in the 90s, just trying to talk to her about like modern day reality. And even as a kid, I remember just being like, man, you've seen some shit. Like imagine <laughs> growing up in a time where there was barely electricity and living to computer times like I mean, I don't blame Boomer for not knowing what the hell's going on with computers most of them. You know what I mean? Like, man, mm-hmm. she was greatest generation, but like, it's crazy. It's not the Wicked Witch, but I can tell you I have at least two emails from Ingrid Pitt of Hammer Horror fame. Mm-hmm. I mean, I Email, emails to me, not like from her fan club or anything. I mean, I had a great grandfather that lived long enough for me to like know him as a kid who was in World War One. It's crazy. It's wild. And they now, John, refer to us as people who were born in the 1900s. <laughs> By they, I mean like Jenna Ortega, like children, basically. <laughs> um, here we go from um, the Men I've Tolerated pod. Who was the worst boyfriend of the 90s? The worst Wait, say boyfriend that again? of the 90s? Worst movie boyfriend of the 90s, like movie or TV oh. boyfriend. 
have a better answer for a worst boyfriend of the 90s. Who was your worst uh, boyfriend I mean, of the 90s, Rachel? What's his name from Fear? Uh, oh my God, that's such a good answer. Oh yes. my God. That movie is. Mark, Mark Wahlberg, right? That movie yeah. is legitimately terrifying. Like, yeah. it is. 100%. He is so scary in that movie. Do you remember he's like living in he's like living in this like derelict house with a bunch of dudes and there's like a headless Chucky doll or there's like a Chucky doll up on his like fireplace. Yeah, I don't remember. I just remember like the chest pounding and the roller coaster. Dude, the chest pounding. Yeah, the roller coaster scene is you know. I was gonna go with I can't remember his name. All of a sudden, I'm blanking on it. But not Stu in Scream. Mm, Billy. Oh, Skeet. Well, Skeet. I was gonna say Skeet. It's like every character Skeet Ulrich has ever played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty bad in the craft too. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the excitement level for Hocus Pocus too? Yeah. I'm definitely gonna watch it with the kids. We might. Is it out this? I think it's out this weekend, right? Have you yeah. watched Hocus tomorrow? Question. Yeah. Um, have you watched my wife Hocus? Loves Hocus Pocus one. Have you watched <laughs> the first one with your kids? Say again. Have you watched the first one with your kids? Yeah, yeah. How did did they have questions about what a virgin was? Because that's like my own my thing. It doesn't. That's <laughs> like well, a major you plot. Show them the Monster Squad. Literally, right? like they can't stop talking. So I had never seen this movie until six days ago or something. Elizabeth was here and we watched it together, and like Focus Focus. Yeah, I'd never seen it. They say virgin in that movie like every five minutes. Like they can't stop talking <laughs> about it. And then they'll cut to the kid. The this like child actor and he'll be like mm, i'm a virgin like <laughs> it's bizarre I did you watch it with your girls in- no no it was just two of us okay um two I, adults. I enjoyed it yeah we watch horror movies john because we like horror movies like you know it's like yeah I don't know if I would I, it's like borderline it was a childhood favorite being shared with me yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed no it. Problems with Hocus Pocus. I enjoyed it, but I don't really care one way or the other about another one. I'll watch it and enjoy it. I'm sure. I did like. I would. Uh, I'm pretty, just for amusement's sake, interested in seeing Sarah Jessica Parker like act like that again. Yeah. As, like a grown adult. Let go. Let go again. If you, Eric, have you shown the girls uh, the witches, the raw doll, the, the like new version? No. Or the old version. No, no. They're I both a, scary. I have a, a three-year-old. That's like an actual scary movie. <laughs> no, so my neighbors my neighbors have a couple of those 12-foot things. They've got a skeleton and like this big pump, scary pumpkin-headed thing and a hole cool. set up in the yard. And we were like the girls and I were there looking at it the other day. I was up with the three-year-old at like two o'clock in the morning because she was like having a nightmare. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> she's still a little, you know, she's not quite there yet. I honestly kind of forget that she's only three. But like Coraline is her favorite movie and she'll ask to watch it all the time because they nice. just think it's funny. Yeah. Like the that Coraline opens with this horrifying scene where you're seeing Coraline getting sewn together and they're like, look, they're making Coraline. And I'm like, oh my God. Like the doll, it's like <laughs> some creepy thing is like weaving, the like sewing the doll together of Coraline <laughs> and like putting her eye buttons in. It's It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Any interest in checking out the Dahmer series? Yes. It looks way... I mean, Dahmer to me is such a just disgusting, depressing story that like, I'm not sure. I'm like... Yeah. It's Evan Peters, though, and I've heard... I don't know who that the, is. 
He was he's big on American Horror Story. Uh, he was in the X Men movies as Quicksilver. Is pro- you might know him from that. Probably not. Nothing. But they. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. He gets pretty into the horror roles. I enjoy it, and I just want to see him. And I, the only the most consistent thing I've heard is people have had a hard time finishing the first episode because he's too disturbing. Yeah, I'm all set with that. I have enough. Distur- There's enough disturbing things in the world right now. <laughs> on our horror podcast here <laughs> give me more give me less Dahmer and more orphan first kill please <laughs> Jessica Parker as a witch yes are there any movie prequels that you feel are better than the original I don't know that any prequels ever been better than the original honestly mm-hmm. uh, prequels no I don't know I think at best because the problem with a prequel is you will always be lacking the element of surprise and that's yeah. what that's what makes a, a really good movie truly memorable is like not knowing where it's going to go, being surprised, having your expectations overturned. Like it's almost impossible to do that with a prequel. I feel like at best a prequel just flesh it like it's a complimentary thing to the original film. Yeah, but you're you're, you're still going orphan over orphan first kill. No, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think so. Uh oh. Oh, so that's a prequel. Orphan first kill. Oh shit! It's orphan right? first kill. You got it. Sorry, I was like slowing you. Were, like that. Yeah, that's it's yeah. orphan. It's orphan first kill. That's the answer. I, I don't know. Per, I, all I'll say is I know we've talked a lot of love about it, but Pearl really exemplified how to fill in a character's backstory for me in a prequel. Yeah. Well, but while also, I love that it's a completely different style. Yeah. Because it yeah. it it then like lets that original sit as what it is like it's be itself you know yep i would go with rise of the planet of the apes is better than planet of the apes <laughs> so that because all three of those were prequels mm-hmm. yeah. so you're saying better than the original like series. the original planet yeah, because i guess original. they were yeah because they were prequels to the those 70s movies right technically yeah yeah i think it, you're right i mean i'll give you that yeah, yeah for sure okay. i mean I don't know. It's a, it's a good answer. Um, those 70 movies, you like almost can't compare them to like a modern movie. I mean, like that's, that's the joke, John. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you, I just read today they're making a new Planet of the Apes. Like they're like just doing it. Really? Yeah. I was so, oh. I did think like I was a little disappointed in that third movie. Like mm-hmm. those first yeah. two just build the third, up. The third one was bad. The first two built yeah, up so much bad. to what could have been really cool. And I just felt a little small yeah. in scope or something. Apes riding horses with like ghost makeup machine on guns. And machine guns was pretty <laughs> was it, pretty sick. So that might have been in the second movie. Though, I don't remember. I, what oh, I was gonna one. say is like mm-hmm. the the first one is Rise is the first one mm-hmm. of that trilogy. Like it's far enough away from the action or like where like went to it's sort of to Eric to your point. Like you know where those movies have to get. And part of the problem with the third one is they felt like they had to like get to the like all the way all the way there. Yeah. yeah. The apes. And so you needed to like close the loop on like, and now the apes are in, it's just the ape world or whatever, you know? Like, right. And you didn't have, I don't think they had to. Well, it would have been better if they hadn't. I, here's what they I wanted. Felt like they needed to. I legit wanted to see, cause I feel like this was sort of the promise coming out of the first movie. I wanted to see an ape, like in a military uniform. Like I wanted to see like a fully sophisticated <laughs> ape race having a full on war with like tanks and gun, like with humans. Well, that's the seventies movies. Like if you want to watch, <laughs> well, like, General Bobo reporting yeah. for duty, sir. 
Yeah. Tim Burton uh-huh. one. Tim Burton one. Starring yeah, the that... worst boyfriend from the 90s. <laughs> Man, I miss AMC. I, I haven't had cable in like a decade, but I'm sure this still happens sometimes. But in the like 2000s, AMC would just randomly go on jags of like, here's a two week marathon where all we show our planet of the apes movies. And they, yeah. and they did, they built, they made like a really sweet documentary about all of them at some point too, that they would play. And it was a lot of fun. <laughs> all right. I don't want to see a remake of planet of the apes again, because I love the original. I love the remakes that we got recently that we were just discussing about. I don't need more. <laughs> it's crazy, man. That series, like the continuity of that original series, because it, it gets into Terminator like time travely territory. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's one, I mean, it's just it's just crazy. Well, you're talking about the original five. They're complete like they're completely batshit. Batshit. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. at the end of the there's second one. one go back to like the, it's like Brooklyn. 70s in, like, New York City. And like <laughs> Yeah. It's like because okay. Planet of the Apes happens, right? The second one is about um, they find a race of humans. It's beneath the planet. They find a race of humans who are yeah. mutated and have giant brains, and they're like worship an atomic bomb that still that that still exists. Yeah, they framed a, a started a cult that gets launched at the end of that movie and like kills everyone. But before that happens, the doctor from the and his wife from the first movie that are like friendly to Charlton Heston, they escape on a spaceship. Okay, in the third movie, they because of space have gone back in time and they land in 70s New York City. Okay. Then the fourth movie, their son leads like basically like a Black Panther-esque like mm-hmm. up, social <laughs> yeah. uprising. And then at some point we come back to Baron future plan of the apes and there's like a civil war happening or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> their films are fun movies though. Was Wait, anyone? So that, I blame that on you for bringing. That <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wow, I wasn't expecting <laughs> you guys to riff on this," but I'm about it. Was uh, anyone it's, else? It's like hot topic. <laughs> I have a weird soft spot for those old movies because because AMC used to play them, and I just don't get yeah. that, I don't get that discovery anymore. Bums All me I can think of now is that Simpsons episode with the uh, Planet of the Apes, the musical. The musical, yeah. Can I play the piano anymore? Well, of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. (laughs) (laughs) Was anyone else afraid of old people as a child? Nah. Uh, My answer was I'm more afraid of them now that I feel closer to being one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Accurate. Accurate. I'm scared of this one. (laughs) Because it's like... I'm the prequel now to old people and I can see it. Like, I can see the A to B to C and it's, like, frightening. So this is the better prequel. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess. You're living it. Aren't we all? Um, not a question, but I'd love an update on past BGH crew, Mark and Joe in particular. Um, I responded to this. Mark is just doing dad stuff, and uh, he makes memes. If you search all right, fine, all one word on Instagram, you can find him. Um, and Joe has a podcast where he reviews like Hallmark-esque movies. Yeah. Called Small Town mm-hmm. Failing, I believe. I think Caitlin was on there recently. Yep. Um, so yeah, they're out there. They're on the internet, like you can find them. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, I mean, both, and they're both in I'm the, not on the internet. So they're I'm both sure. in the same places that they, like, on the internet they were in before, so. Um, that was actually the last question. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com. You can hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. Don't forget, um, if you're interested in this HalloweenCostumes.com giveaway to join us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash bloodygoodhorror. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. That's right. (laughs) Dr. Zayas. Um, Rachel, where can people find you? You can find us at zombiegirls.com. You can find us on all of your your, your, uh, podcast platforms. If you want to follow us on social media, we're at ZG Podcasts, plural, um, where Ariel does a very, very good job of curating a lot of fun memes. And uh, we're about to roll out our, you know, spooky season is right around the corner. And unlike you guys, we were not smart and did not assess our bandwidth. So we have a bunch of stuff planned on social media there. So now's a good time to follow um, to see what we're rolling out. We have some fun stuff planned. There you go. Sounds great. All right. Um, that's going to do it for the show. I believe we are trying to hit Barbarian next week, but uh, oh. TBD. So there you go. Happy spooky season, everyone. Enjoy uh, the time of year, and we'll talk to you soon. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.